So, you know, here we are. We're still dealing with what's happening in Palestine. People are still dying. You know, the people are under siege. And the world is watching. And we're getting some really interesting reactions. That's what I'll call it. We'll say the word interesting. CJ here, and this is the sound of black and brown. Well, I don't know about you, but the tensions from what's happening in Gaza is getting thicker. And you could feel it. You could sense it. It's real, right? You know, I mean, people need to do like a quick second and, you know, understand what's happening here. And for that matter, recognize who's going to end up paying for this. War is not something like, you know, going to Five Below or the dollar store and picking up something quick. Not that, you know, you don't can't get good products there and so forth. Don't get me wrong. The point I'm trying to make is, you know, war is expensive. It has a lot of costs. And it's not just financially expensive. It's emotionally, mentally expensive, right? Right now, our community is unraveling. Right now, people are getting adjusted to more or less life without COVID, like we like to say. But COVID is kind of like that friend that won't leave, you know? Like, you ever had a friend that come over and, you know, <laughs> you enjoy them. Don't get me wrong. You had a good time. Ha, 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 ha. It was all great. But then it's like, bro, could you could you go? Could you leave, please? <laughs> I'm tired. You go, you put on your nightgown or your pajamas, and you're, like, trying to hint to the fact that you're getting closer and closer to your bedtime, <laughs> and that person just is comfy. There are people who do that, right? And COVID's doing that, right? So it's kind of here, but it's kind of not. But it's also flu season. So we have a lot of things happening all at once. And tensions were already high because of this, COVID trauma is what I'll call it, right? A lot of tension. I mean, I don't know who you've been having conversation with or, you know, conversations you've been having, but I'll tell you what, a lot of us are trying to figure out how to make sense, how to make things make sense, you know? A lot of us are trying to figure out, you know, how are we, how are we going to move forward? What's going to happen next? How's tomorrow going to look? We're trying to, you know, survive day by day. And it's not helpful where the cost of living doesn't seem to be taking a turn. It just seems to be creeping up higher and higher. I mean, now you have five below, not really being five below anymore. And then you have the dollar store, not even being the dollar store anymore. Right. I mean, they add 25 cent and then there's something sometimes they have that's not a dollar. Hmm. So where do poor people go? Where do we go to shop? Where do we go to get the things to survive? Where do we go? What do we do? You know, how does that work? How does that even what's the math there? Make that make sense to me. Make that make sense to me. How does that work? How does that balance out? And who pays, right? If you think that inflation right now is high, what do you think is going to happen when the bigger countries, you know, the bigger continents, especially those in the Middle East, where, by the way, our largest oil deposits are coming from? I mean, really and truly, this thing, 
I don't know if you'll really understand the scope of what's happening in Palestine, right? This is going to be a literal world war. If there is no ceasefire, I mean, and at this point, the fact that they are taking so long to even, you know, have a ceasefire, that is crazy. It's almost as if the, the talk, you know, it's just like tick-tock, 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 okay, war. And the legislators are quiet, at least here in Connecticut. We don't have many legislators out here really talking it up. In fact, recently, there was a rally in front of Rosa Delora's office. And some who are in favor of Israel, in particular, cited that, you know, she did not need, you know, she does not and did not need to deal with that. She doesn't need to listen to the people. She doesn't need to come out and and meet her, you know, her people and see what they're upset about. The people are just being ridiculous. This is what people are saying, pro-Israel people, right? They're saying, well, you know, we are descendants of Holocaust survivors. Nobody ever said that your trauma and your experience didn't matter. But why is it that yours matters more than what's happening to the folks in Palestine? Huh. So it's okay for you to sit here and cite the violence, the fact that children are being killed, the fact that, you know, all of this is happening, and it really is mostly children being affected, children and women. This is not being fabricated. This is not, you know, this is not being made up. This is not being, nobody's making this up. This is facts. If anything, one side has been quite transparent, whereas the other has been quite evasive. That's always very telling. Whenever somebody or an entity is being evasive, that's always very telling, right? And so this is what we're seeing happening here with this impending world war. Countries are picking sides, and I keep trying to warn you all, and I am going to say warn now, you know, because what man ignored, Allah, Allah, see, I can't even talk properly. I can't even talk properly. If I get somebody who can't talk properly, well, that happens to me, right? I, I ain't going to hold it because I, I just don't, uh, it's a mixed emotion. It's like I don't understand how people could not see or understand why this is all important. You know, and how this would affect our black and brown communities. Who do you think they're going to draft? Who do you think is going to be the one who's going to be sitting here trying to figure out how to make ends meet? I mean, shit, we're struggling to survive now. So just imagine what a war, what the fuck the economy is going to look like. Are you really, really ready for that? Can you really, really say that that's what you want to see? I mean, a lot of people are still still trying to figure out how to make ends meet right right now. The cost of living is ever increasing. I mean, some of us have had to make some very dire sacrifices, right? You go to the deli, meats that were once 2 $3, sometimes 5 at most, 6 at most. It's skyrocketed. You have to be selective. You can't even go to BJ's and get the deal that you went there for with certain things. You know, you got to really do the math. You got to really decide, is it worth really going around an extra corner? Does that make sense? Because, you know, that's the time that we're in. And now, 
we have, as we shared on a previous episode, we have the young people concerned. They're concerned. They're worried about being drafted, and that's a real thing. That's a real, real, real thing. You know, and that should not be ignored. But then again, there's a lot that's happening with Gen Z that's seemingly being ignored. You know, the fact that they have not and are not showing interest in serving their country. What is that? Why is that? Why is that? What do you think is causing that? What do you think is possibly contributing to that? Possibly, you know, creating a situation there? What what could they possibly be seeing and experiencing or not wanting to experience? Well, Manny said it very well. It's the whole fact of having to validate to them why should I leave my house, leave my lifestyle, leave my friends, do all of this for what? Why should I go to war? That's what they're saying. Are they wrong? I don't think so. Because why should they? Why should they? Why? Because people are greedy. And that's the thing about Gen Z. Gen Z Gen Z doesn't give a fuck about why. The why. Because they don't see the need for it. And I don't blame them. You're disturbing houses. You're destroying families. I mean, Generation Z has the most, you know, greatest number of families separated. So what would make anybody think that they'll be excited to go out and be even more separated from their family? And not only that, add to the separation of other families. Also, with the cost of living, is going to the military financially beneficial? Hmm... Some will, if not many, will argue no, right? You go in, you serve this time. This is not like before where there wasn't much international stuff happening, so you didn't have to worry about something going beyond for the most part. So you go, you serve your time, and you come back out, you know, you pay your little whatever. But now, now things have changed. Now you have countries like Iran that are talking about you know, getting involved because they're not happy with what's happening. There are other countries, even Saudi Arabia, right? You have parts of the UK that are not happy. Pakistan, North Korea, I mean China. These aren't countries to ignore. You even have Putin. Now, someone said on another part that I was listening to, the fact that Vladimir Putin could seemingly be the good guy in the story is kind of creepy isn't it like this is the person everybody loved to hate for the last two years and here he is saying this is what you know the united states is doing is ridiculous you know by by supporting this here with israel is he wrong i mean let's be real here my friends i could think of a few other things that uh the money's put into funding Israel's military can be used for. I dare say we could use that to rebuild some schools. I dare say we could use that to bring back the trade schools to the school system. So, you know, these folks have something to look forward to. What was wrong with that? Why do all of our jails have to look, our jails, see here I go again, all of our schools have to look like jails. I almost said the jails look like schools because it's actually kind of the same thing, huh? You know, I mean, 
I, I, I don't understand it. Now we have the situation here with what has happened with Gaza, and people are being targeted, and yet we have people who are really, really, really trying to perpetuate that this is right, that killing children is okay, that, you know, ethnic cleansing is okay. What? Are you serious? Are you serious? You all don't see anything wrong with this? You all don't see a problem with any of this? You think they're making it up? You think that, you know, you think that they're just expounding something? They're, you know, trying to play victim? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think these people are tired. And I think we as black and brown people, how could we look past this? I have a hard time with black and brown people who are supporting what Israel is doing. I have a a real hard time with that. I think that you need to sit down and do some real self-reflection before, you know, buying into the, the white fragility, right? Because... For someone to sit and say, well, you know, I'm a descendant of a Holocaust survivor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that all happened. But does that justify killing 500 people at a hospital? Really? So wouldn't you think that if you survived that, you would want quite the opposite? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you want to support causes that are calling for a ceasefire and not for further stigmatization of people. And let me tell you something. The individual who said this holds an office locally here in Connecticut, New Haven in particular, right? And they live in an area which contains a lot of immigrants, including Muslims. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, right, that being said, let's think about this, people. Here's a white person saying, well, you know, I'm a descendant of Holocaust survivors, and I am pro-Israel, and they are actually, you know what they're doing? They're gaslighting. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They're gaslighting. You may not necessarily see it like that, because maybe you do it too, and you don't realize it, right? In a different way. Not in this context, perhaps, but maybe in a different way. Why is it okay to put your fragility in front of it. Now, this individual cites that they have provided services to disadvantaged folks and so forth. They've insinuated that, you know, they did all this work back in Israel. You know, they put, they make it seem as if Israel is innocent in this thing, and they're not. Do your research. Israel war crimes have been long time funded by the United States. Mm-hmm. So you know all those marches we have? about our schools not having money and you're always wondering why you know our black and brown nonprofits aren't getting money and why our roads look how they look or you know I don't know silly shit like 
I don't know why our streets don't get paved properly, why our trash isn't collected properly, why our streets are dirty, why our schools are falling apart, why we don't have before and after school programs. All these why, why, whys are validated by budgets, right? And, oh, you know, we have a deficit and we we barely had enough money. You know, we really need you to vote and we really appreciate you and all this fun and excitement. But then you have money to send to Israel. I mean, what am I missing? Please help me understand what am I missing. So you don't have money to put into the community. You don't have money to, you know, rebuild what you destroyed. And then let's just add a little, you know, a little sazon to that, shall if we shall. But you fund military equipment for another country so they could plan their war crimes. So they could be facilitated to carry out genocide. So they could feel comfortable holding other countries and people by their knees. The Israelis, they didn't even break a sweat. They didn't even break a sweat. They're all for it. We're seeing the pictures of the children with wings. Babies are dying. How much more does Palestine need to lose? And then the misconstruction, I mean, just the whole way that they are using history, well, it's as old as slavery, isn't it? Because how long have they had you all recognizing Columbus as a savior? Are we going to do that with Israel now? So first we recognize Columbus. Now we recognize Israel. We're going to say that Israel was great for, I don't know, murdering all these people, taking it over. I mean, and here's another slice of the pie, right? It is recognized that Palestine is the world's largest prison. How does that even sound? Imagine coming from a country that's described like that. Imagine being told that, hey, listen, that trip you want to take to such and such place, that's real nice. But uh, just be prepared to hear bombs and this and that and, you know, military seizures here. Does that sound like a, a great vacation to you? Does that sound like a good time? And, you know, Israel gets validated all the way, like, and they're being very public about their bullshit, just like Columbus was, right? In the sense that you all just told these people to evacuate one area, head to air, go from area A to area B. But then you bomb area B. So just say that you want to kill them. The world is watching. People are losing their jobs. People are, you know being killed, we saw the six-year-old boy who was stabbed to death because of the Islamophobia. It is real. It is very, very real. So I ask you again, is Israel going to be the new Christopher Columbus? Is this what we're going to do? We're going to say here, we have legislators being radio silent. And let me tell you something else, just in case you didn't know. If your legislators aren't going to talk about Palestine, don't expect them to say much for any other reform either. Their attitude towards this should tell you a lot. It should if you're paying attention. It should if you're looking at it the way you should be. It should if you realize and acknowledge that after you elect someone into office does not mean 
that they are not held accountable. If anything, that's when you hold them even more accountable, right? Why are we so okay with electing people into office, giving them a high five, and then they act like celebrities? You're serving our community. You're serving our community. Yes, you're supposed to take my phone call. Yes, you need to hear when I am pissed off about something. Yes, you need to know that I don't accept that behavior. We have this person who ran for office, ran her office, her, her, her run for office was based, I shall say, on the same community she's now looking down on. Why would you go stigmatize your own community? You're, you're in the middle of a community where you have privilege. You know that already. You knew that when you got there. But that's what white saviors do, isn't it? White saviors are very good at, you know, they perpetuate. It's a mind game they play. Because, you see, that's what Columbus did. It's all about space. They take up your space. They, they are in your face and space 24-7. They make it seem as if or appear as if they give a flying fuck about you when in truth they don't. But what they really want is what you have, whatever that may be. It could be your group. It could be what you have in your group. It could just be to lead your group. But they'll tear it down. This is the majority of them, the white saviors. We call them the white saviors. Yes, most of them. And so they pretend to be your friend and they pretend to understand and they pretend to, and they pretend to, you know, all of this good stuff that on the surface sounds good and looks good. And then once they have you right in their control, you're their puppet now. See, so they lead and you have to follow, right? Is that what we have to do now? They lead and we follow? I don't know about that one. Mm-mm. I don't know about that one. I think that we need to think about these things. Really. Why should someone be allowed to run for office, get that office seat, and then just exploit it by way of their own convictions? I mean, here's this person. They ran for office. They claim to care about, you know, the oppressed communities. The first thing they do is target one local business, and now they're targeting severals. You ever stop to think about how many Muslims own corner stores and small businesses? Innocent people who are just trying to live a life, who are just trying to make it, per se? What about them? What about that? You know? You ever thought about that? It is possible. That little boy who got killed, what did he do to you? Hmm? What did he do besides show up in his skin? What does that sound like to you? I could tell you what it sounds like to me, but you have to you have to think about that for yourself too. Remember, Christopher Columbus saw Africa and found a gold mine. Mm-hmm. Found a gold mine. And then he found what he would use as his greatest tool to do what he would get credit for for years and years and years. Are we really ready to do that all over again? Hmm? You don't find it interesting that now that civilization is at a point with data transparency and, I shall say, not so much transparency, but the access to data, 
people read more, research more, look up things more, find out more. Curiosity, you know, they have access. Probably not total, but some more than before. And now you have more people questioning, why are we celebrating Columbus? And here comes this situation. Mm-hmm. And then we have, how shall we say, so many who are tone deaf. Is that the word we want to use? I don't know. What word should we use? Because we have some people who really feel like this will not impact us here. But are we not paying attention to the prices of our basic groceries? Let's just start there. Mm -hmm. I was saying to a friend the other day, I remember the days when I didn't cook. Excuse me. And I said, you know, it's pretty humid today. I don't want to aggravate my asthma. Like today, my allergies are acting up. So I, you know, my asthma is a little all over the place. <clears throat> you could hear it in my voice a little bit. Um, but sometimes the humidity gets such that I get so congested and whatnot. My point is, is that there are days when you don't want to cook. Sometimes it's not even that. You just don't feel like cooking. And I, I'd say, okay, like many others, like I have another friend. You know, she has some medical issues. Some days, you know, standing up in that kitchen just not going to make sense. Then I have, like others, we work. You're tired. There used to be times when I'd say, okay, huh, let me go check out Wendy's and get, you know, their five meal, their $5 meal. That's gone. How about when we thought the hash browns at McDonald's, which, by the way, boycott McDonald's, right, for what they did there, giving food over to IDF. That's no bueno. We should not be supporting them. But anyways, remember when we used to have like a dollar menu with that? And on your lunch break, you could go get something real quick. You're paying more money and you're getting less food, right? So if this is now, let's do the math here, people. Let's really do the math here together. If this is now, how much you think things are going to change when there's a war? The first thing you're going to see, and this is why, as noted by um, someone else, the first thing we're going to see, and we could tell by what legislators are investing in, which right now, I don't know if you knew this, but all the legislators and lawmakers, however you want to call them, they're starting to buy up oil and other assets. Why? Because what's the cost of war? They already know the demand for those things are going to go up. They already know what the valuation is going to be. Look at the countries that we're going up against. Think about that for a second. Follow the money. Follow the money. Follow the money. Once you start to follow the money, what is happening in Palestine, which is what, you know, again, the biggest prison in the world, in the world, Imagine living in a country that's described that way. Imagine that. Imagine growing up hearing more explosions and, and having to learn how to get shelter, having to learn how to defend yourself, not because the people in your community is cruel, but because one day you might have to protect your community. I thought we were all mad about reparations and we were upset and all the indigenous lives lost and, you know, all, all the reasons why we should give a fuck because they're exploiting the immigrant community, cheap labor. 
we're so mad about that and we talk about Christopher Columbus and we say that he's an asshole and all he did was take so much. We even talk about places like Yale and how they owe New Haven child support money because of how they've exploited and continue to exploit the community. But yet, we still have people who are supporting this war and even pushing a narrative that could actually lead to more devastation, right? We're seeing communities getting divided. I mean, the aforementioned individual who is in a local position here, right, she even, you know, incorrectly described a rally, which is what I started describing until I veered off a little bit. You could see the footage. I mean, if, if, if video is live, it's live. You can't make it up. You could see in the footage everything was peaceful. But to support her narrative, she describes it as violent. Who else has that been done to? To me, this one statement by this one individual is just white supremacy in full fucking force. But then again, I'm also not of privilege. But then again, you know, when the police pull me over, they already decided that I'm guilty. So if I make a statement like that, you know, I would have to validate myself, whereas she could make these accusations, and everybody believes it just because she says it. She has the right skin tone. Yeah. Notice how these pro-Israel um, people... They ignore the fact that there are Israelis who are not white. What happened to that conversation? And we don't talk about the fact that, um, you know, there are Jewish people who are actually against what is happening and have been very vocal. In fact, you know, the Jewish Voice for Peace, I have, I have to think that was really great. They said, you know what, we're going to stand up in solidarity. And what I appreciate was... They didn't just protest in one city. They did it nationwide. In fact, it was international. I saw flyers for places in the UK as well. That's amazing to show that there are Jewish people who recognize that what is happening in Palestine is wrong, the world's biggest prison. So if the United States has spent $3 billion, how much more is there? How much more money? Follow the money. Look at the countries supporting it, France, Italy. Why do you think they are? What do they have to gain? Why would they do so much work to, you know, ensure that the media and the narrative stays controlled? Because, again, who else did they exercise that level of control for? I would say, said the name before, Christopher Columbus. You might want to write that down because it kind of seems like that's what's happening all over again. You see? But this time we're watching it play out in front of us. And what are we doing? Are we going to sit here and act like it's not happening? Are we going to sit here and watch people lose their jobs, livelihood, reputation because they're standing up against it? Or are we going to say, you know what, we need a ceasefire and we need to have a real conversation? Connecticut likes to use words like diversity, equity, inclusivity. Those words sound nice, you know, um, but then... When, you know, white liberals, conservatives, Republicans, they don't get things their way, those words mean nothing. Nothing. Right? The white savior will do their part to get you in their favor. But when you go against them or you challenge them, what do you think happens? They don't like it. 
They don't like it. You know who else didn't like to be disobeyed? Slave owners. Slave owners didn't like it. They would torture the slaves in, in the most inhumane ways possible. Kind of like bombing a whole country with children. Imagine how many parents had to bury their own child. How many martyrs are there? You know? I don't know. I I find it hard not to get emotional on this. I find it hard to ignore it. Mashallah. Mashallah. Because you see, man is ignoring it all. But Allah is greater. And with Allah, we are never alone. That is a fact. You know? And, you know, if this thing goes any further, and with the countries involved, for those of you who decided, oh, it doesn't matter. It's not relevant to me and my life. You might want to reconsider that. You might want to think twice. Because the fact is, it will and it does. And it always has. Gaza, perfect example. Like I said, you look at what's happening there and ask yourself, wait a minute. They had no problem giving money up for that. But we have so many schools that look like shit. They look like jails. We don't have the before and after school programs. We, you know, so many people are hungry, houseless, you know, jobless. So many lesses. But somehow we had money for war in the budget. How could you not be at least upset by that? It's beyond me. And then having no issue with stigmatizing and criminalizing people. That's a tale as old as slavery. Right? Black and brown people are still trying to get respected. I could attest to that. We're not supposed to be smart. We're not supposed to know how to read. We're not supposed to know how to think. We're not supposed to know how to do anything. We're supposed to take it if the white man says so. And that's what's happening right now in Gaza. Because who said so? These people are supposed to take it. Right? And they're not supposed to fight for their rights, and they're not supposed to fight for their land, and they're not supposed to fight to be. How could you all just sit there? How could anybody sit there and find nothing wrong with this? You know, how could anybody sit there and and find nothing remotely disturbing? If you are against Christopher Columbus, you should be real pissed to fuck off right now. Because we're watching it happen. We are literally watching history repeat itself. And this war, if you have lived through other wars and you thought that was bad, oh, honey, this is about to get real. If you weren't working or not working right now, you could kiss that goodbye. If you were struggling before, it's about to get worse now. And if, you know, you relied on certain things, you're going to have to figure it out. Because wars are not cheap. And the most impacted will be the black and brown communities. Now, that's that part. What about post-war? What about all the families that are separated and will be separated? What about the mental wellness impact of war we don't talk about that 
But then we also don't acknowledge our veterans. We act like they don't exist. You know, think about that. Do we really acknowledge our veterans, particularly our black and brown ones? What about all the people who come back from war and they can't afford health care? We really have a health care crisis happening here. A lot of people don't have access to affordable care. They do not. Right? So now you're bringing back all these people who need even more services. Just remember, if you thought you had it hard, think about the people who will be separated from their families. Right? Now we'll have more people having to figure out how to make their ends meet. Don't forget, when these folks go to serve, it's not like the family gets some type of, you know, something. That's not how that goes. It's bad enough that right now, Many have and continue to complain about the lack of incentive because there's no real education incentive anymore, right? There's no support. There's no guarantee that folks will get a job. There's no guarantee that anything will even get better. Gen Z has already said, look, if you want me to go fight for you, I really need to know why. And that why has to be one that actually makes sense. They don't even, you know, it's the, to them, it's, it's not about serving the country. You know, in the past, that would have been sufficient. Now, not no more. Because, again, you all forget, Gen Z survived COVID. I started off with that for a reason. They had to deal with not having classrooms, having to figure out how to get their assignments on time, having to deal with one teacher wanting one thing one way. I mean, we stress them the fuck out when you think about it. We were not ready for COVID, and we took out, you know, unfortunately, a lot of these young kids had to pay. And then a lot of houses started to realize, holy shit, I don't even like being in the house with my own children too long. I can't get stuff done. You know, I I, I can't finish my work assignments. They're making noise in the background. We even saw legislators, which was hilarious, attempting to participate in public testimony. I mean, it's all innocent and cute, but then it does get stressful. So if it was stressful for you, what do you think happened with them? And then you want them to go fight for who? For what? Who fought for them during COVID? Who fought for them? The younger generation also took longer to get vaccine access. They had to deal with having to protect themselves in spaces and places without a viable option and just being told, well, you're young, so, you know, you're going to be all right. Could you imagine having to live like that? I know you all want them to go fight where? So for the leaders who want to sit here and continue to stigmatize and criminalize the community by way of putting up publications of citing reasons why the war is justified on the part of Israel, you're showing yourself. This war is also, as we've said repeatedly, repeatedly, we have said this, we kept trying to tell you all, Right? This war is backed by fascism. 
How could you not see that? Again, we talk about reparations. We talk about liberation. We see all these nice, beautiful, lovely things. And we are watching exactly what Columbus did happening right here, right now. And we have people defending this shit, validating it, just like back then. How many years are going to go by before we decide it should be indigenous people? They remember, there was one point when it was all about taking down the statue. Notice we're not doing that anymore. Right? It's not trending. It's not trending. So people don't give a fuck now. <laughs> right? See what I'm saying? Like, for five minutes, it was okay. For five minutes. And it's still back to, and, and again, I'll just say it again. The irony is what's happening in Gaza. Can you really say that that's that much different as to what Columbus did when he rediscovered all these countries? Hmm. Kind of sounds like to me, the history I know, he came upon people who were welcoming, just like, you know, the Palestinians were to the people, the Israelites. You know, the same thing. And he took advantage of that. And that's what we're seeing. You look at that map of Palestine over time and then come back and tell me, how do you not look at the Israel war crimes? And how could you not wonder, why is the U.S. government so comfortable funding it when we have so many people in need, especially right, right now, right here, right now? We ask for representation. Look at your local representation. Does that look like us? Are we being represented? We had uh, President Biden publicly state that he was, you know, very sure that in a few years white people will be the minority. What a concern to have. Huh. Isn't that interesting? I find that to be quite interesting because then all of this happens. And just like with Christopher Columbus, here we are again, where the hero gets to kill and destroy power, place, and privilege. And it's going to get support doing it. And it's going to get, like, you know, other white people who are going to come out in their fragility, but really show themselves, because that's fascism. How could you sit there and justify this shit? How could you sit there and support genocide? Why are you not saying end the apartheid? You have fellow Jews coming out and saying it. So if there's Jews who live in that part of the country and here saying that, you know, this is wrong, then in my opinion, for those who are still upholding it, you showing me who you are. Mm-hmm. You show me who you are, and I'll say the same to anybody else. And for those of you who are trying to be careful and say, oh, well, you know, I'm not, I don't want to pick a side. I don't want to pick a side. You know, this is just bad. I don't want to pick. Listen, if you're going to do that, then do that and stay that way. But don't support one over the other or something like that. Mm-mm. Don't play a hand when it suits you. Be informed. Children and women are dying. Did you know that when they bombed that hospital, there were people on life support? Some people were almost about to survive. He killed them, you know, just like that. 
let me tell you something. If you're going to sit here and you're going to say that, you know, you're against the killing and everything, don't support somebody saying, yeah, it's good that these people are dying because, I, you know, my descendants, blase, blase. The fact is, you know, a lot of the media surrounding this issue is being skewed to one side. The left side is not getting much, at least not in America. Outside of America, the story is different. In the UK, it's such that people are speaking up so much so that they are trying to now ban and, you know, censor people on different platforms, right? That's how much active activity, sorry, is happening over there, how much people are speaking up. Whereas out here, we have people saying, no, don't bother our Congress people. We have lawmakers staying quiet, right? We have young people worried about being drafted, you know, the head doing different from the tail. We have lawmakers still running around like it's okay to just criminalize and stigmatize and exploit communities and you know, in spaces, you know, it's happening. And we have people not holding these lawmakers accountable. They should be. They should be. Right? And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm telling you, if at any point you're upset about slavery and you are okay with what's happening in Gaza, you might want to sit down and have a conversation with yourself. And you might want to sit down and, you know, maybe lay out the facts against each other. And then come back and tell me how you could still be okay with that situation. Please do. Because if you ever at any point stood up in any Black Lives Matter rally and, and talked about how much Black Lives Matter or, you know, came to any pro-immigrant protests or rally or action or whatever or talk about how much you care about black and brown people, but then you turn around and you say, oh, yeah, by the way, Israel should just, you know, destroy Gaza completely because, you know, my descendants survived and, you know, this happened and, you know, I'm upset about it. That's not good, especially when and you lived in you live in a community that is surrounded by the people who will be very easily criminalized, stigmatized. And we have the attacks happening already. So why would you do that? Right. But then again, Christopher Columbus did the same damn thing. Slave owners did the same thing, treated them like property, right? And when they were ready to get rid of the property, what did they do? Torture. <laughs> Sometimes the slavery doesn't have to be physical. It could be mental. It could be emotional, right? Sometimes we could present as being one thing, take up all the space in the world, and really be something very bad. That happens. I want you to think about that. I really want you to sit down, parse out all you know about slavery, Parse out all you know about, you know, all these different social injustices affecting black and brown people in particular. Start there. And then put it against what you know with Palestine and what's happening there. How Palestine was and what it is. And who took up the space. And why. Tell me how you justify that. Tell me how you justify that. And tell me why are people justifying that. Hmm? And then tell me, I'm just curious, who's going to pay? I could really tell you. I mean, we're paying now. And I dare say for any other reason, if you're not interested in paying any more for groceries than you are now or just the standard cost of living, if you thought it was bad before, 
or even if you think it's bad now, I mean, most people I know, we're, we're trying to just keep it together, right? So if you have the luxury of not having to think that way, I'm happy for you. But that clock is ticking and you might be joining us. And for those of us who are and have been and continue to experience hardship, right? Let's not forget how many black and brown people are serving time in jail for bullshit. Let's not forget that. But we had money to send to Israel to, you know, beef them up in case. You serious? How many of our black and brown youth are lacking opportunity? How many of our black and brown people are lacking opportunity? Right? There's states that could do so many different things to empower us and we just don't. Right here in Connecticut, the state of Connecticut could change a couple of things to make it a little more equitable, especially in healthcare. Right? Open up the space for us to advance. Do things like have, you know, certain exams, the access to that and the training to that for teaching and social work. Make it so black and brown people could do it. It's really hard when you don't have money to complete a program in four months without working. Okay? We could do better. Be supportive of the programs that are not, you know, they don't have much in terms of resources but are providing these services. And there are a lot like that. We have a lot of black and brown nonprofits that are providing some really great services, but nobody knows about them, and they don't get the acknowledgement or the support that they deserve and need because they do not get places at certain tables, if at all. Stop allowing our people to be tokenized. It shouldn't be that we should be grateful for three of us in a room. That shit should stop. I thought we marched for that. I thought we gave a fuck. I thought we were mad about George Floyd and all these other instances of police brutality. I thought we said, we thought that Rodney King was some shit, but what the fuck? We sat home during COVID and watched Breonna Taylor get killed. We watched Randy Cox get thrown around like a punching bag, a bean bag in the back of a police van. We saw all these things, so why should we be, why should we be okay with that? And why should we, we be okay with what's happening now? And why should we be okay with what's happening in Gaza? Don't just elect people and stare at them. Hold them accountable. Hold them accountable. And if all they expect of you is to be a pawn, then why are they there? Why are they there? If they're standing up in marches and claiming to be all about this and that and chanting out this and that and... Yeah, when I get into office, I'll do this and that. Then make sure they do it. Hold them accountable. I invite you again. Sit down and think about slavery in its full context. All that happened and all that we're still dealing with. Still dealing with. And then ask yourself, why are we allowing this to happen to Gaza? How could we not look at the world's largest prison and learn from this and realize that right now amongst us, we're experiencing it. We're back there. Same story, different cast. Are we going to glorify Israel for being the next voyager? Is that what we're going to say? What are we going to say in the history books about Israel? How are we going to glorify this white supremacy this time? Because we already started, you know, 
Six-year-olds getting stabbed to death because of what? Are you serious? Right? Protesters getting attacked and then people saying that this one's violent. When you all show up with the violence, this is why I don't really care to go to protest with white people because white people tend to get violent first. And at that point, we know when the police show up, they ain't going to arrest them. I don't feel like doing that in 2023, to be quite frank. Too old. I don't feel like doing it. You know, I support the movement, though. I support, you know, whoever wants to get up and stand up. But I think that we need to also remember that as passionate as you are about something, white people, especially when it affects us primarily, which in this case it does, do not take up all the space because then you're doing the same shit that you claim to be against. That's a big statement, isn't it? Hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've been to rallies and protests and stuff. And I was one of you, or at times where I was not. But they didn't give us the space. It's very telling when that happens. Fascism is as old as slavery. Conservatism is too. We've been talking about that a lot for a reason. And guess what? We do talk about these things. We grew up in houses that did. We grew up in families that did. You know, you grew up hearing this relative talking to that relative. It was the table talk back then. Let's bring that back. Let's have these conversations. We don't always have to talk about who doing what with who and, you know, that talking shit about somebody or talking about somebody, period, or complaining or whatever. We could have honest conversations about what's happening in this world because it will affect you on a personal level. It will. Some of us aren't turning on the TV because we don't want to see the news. I'm one of them. But then I watch the news from different platforms, which is why I can't watch TV because it's not available there. You still have to know. I'm telling you, if this goes any further in Palestine, you think your cost of living is high now. You'll see. I hope it doesn't get that far. I hope we don't have to learn a lesson the hard way. I hope we don't have to wait to see, like, Things like gas prices skyrocketing and the access to certain goods, limited and expensive, for us to realize that, oh, fuck, no. We shouldn't be glorifying slavery. At least I don't think so. Well, you know, mashallah. Mashallah. What man ignores... Allah will see. That's what I know. You want to help Palestine, one of the things you could do that would be great, I've been saying it and I'll keep saying it, is to say a dua or a prayer. Because when Allah is present, they are not alone. Also for the souls that were taken, pray for their mercy so that they are smiling. They're finally out of pain. Pray for the families, say a dua for them and the communities and the friends, right? Give them the resilience, the grace, the strength. Mm. Try to be kind to each other too. We're all kind of worked up. We just don't all unpack it. We could tell by the driving. At least that's what I think. You know, sometimes it's okay to be at home. That's how I feel. For me, that's what I do. You know, 
Because it's, it's hard out there. It's hard. Some days you need to take a step back from community to kind of refresh yourself and then go back in. That's okay. It's fine. It's okay. We all have to do it. Each day is a different day. But at least we made it to today. We should be very grateful for that. You know, I could never thank you all enough for your continued support, encouragement, and empowerment. I really, 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 really appreciate it. We can't do what we do without you all. And we appreciate you all very, very much. Thank you so much. And please continue to like, share, and subscribe. Be good to each other. Tomorrow's not promised. And we're going to see certain things play out. Let's make sure that we take it in and take what we need from it, especially a lot of learning and relearning. And let's be kind to each other. We can use a good dose of kindness in the world. Text that friend. Text that relative. Send them a funny picture. Send them like a funny video for no reason. You don't even have to send a whole sentence. Do something like that. Make them smile. We could smile more often. Say things like, good morning and thank you. And, oh, you're beautiful. Randomly to strangers. You ever had somebody do that? It's such a great feeling. It makes you smile. I'm telling you. You know, tell compliment someone, someone you don't know. A complete stranger. Tell them something nice. We all deserve to smile. I prefer to smile because there's so much, so much pain, so much to be mad about, so much to be angry about and sad about. So I just like to make sure that every now and again, if not most times, I smile and I share one with somebody else. Tell a silly joke. Be silly. You know, it's okay. It's all right. It's all part of being human, baby. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. That's all for now. Wherever you are, whoever you're with, be at peace. And know that you're amazing. Inshallah. Fist up. Smile on. That's all for now. Peace. CJ.